All right. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. We should. Shouldn't we? If we don't, then we're in the wrong. It's starting time, and the time is now to do a podcast. I'll tell you how. We talk into these microphones. We speak from our mouths and not from our bones. I am not a Christian. I am a Jew. It's time for Mad About, Mad About You! Wow. <laughs> if Mad About You was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's Mad About, Mad About You. Was that totally made up, or was that a parody? If you could believe it, that was 100% made up. You know, it started out like nonsense. It was. And I thought and then to it myself, developed into this guy really in- doesn't... You really start with no idea in your head when you start no, talking. Not a one. Not a single clue. And then it turned into something that made so much sense in a way that I thought <laughs> it was a parody. It was a parody of quality. No. It was just like, no. ah, what if you took something good, but like not? <laughs> it has a catch. Catchy nature. Catch. Catchy rhythm. It has a catch. <laughs> oh, there's a catch, all right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Mad About, Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. As always, I'm Russ Fader. And I'm still John Marbley. Still, we have not switched. We thought there was going to be a body swap a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah, we did that. We did do that. It didn't take. It did for a minute. It did for a minute. It surprised us at the end (laughs) when that lightning strike that I had foretold did happen. Yeah. For any of you people who just skip out on the music, there was a little Easter egg at the end of an episode 20 episodes ago that you missed out on. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. It's still there. I don't remember the one. Do you? No, I have no idea. All right. So listen to the end of every episode and find the one where John and I switch bodies. Well, this won't help. It's the one where I mess up the intro. <laughs> here's, yeah, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> That'll narrow you're, it down gonna... to 15, and then from there. <laughs> yeah, you'll listen to the beginnings of the episodes, <laughs> then you'll listen to the ends of the episode, and uh, and you'll know what we're talking about. You'll have a great time. I think that's our only Easter egg, right? Basically, I think so. Otherwise, I think yeah, so. I mean, the, listen, Russ, the whole podcast is just you and me laying candy out on the table. That's true. <laughs> it's like, I'm a big chocolate bunny. And I'm a big and... smarty. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. A big roll of Smarties. Well, now we know what to be for Halloween this year. <laughs> I'm still going with uh, no Mets, no tongue. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's at the bottom of all my notes because I copy and paste the same file and then erase it and then start over, you know? And like I see it every week and I'm like, you know, it's pretty good T-shirt. It's really good. It's pretty good T-shirt. No, no Mets, no tongue is a very good T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's niche. <laughs> And everyone's going to think it's filthy. Yeah. Like, oh, if you're a Mets fan, I'm not kissing you or whatever. They're half right. It is it is filthy, but not for the reasons that they think. Well, tongue's kosher. That's true. <laughs> you know what? You've talked me into it. Great. <laughs> so now what? Now what? <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, now we do the obligatory check-in. How was the week? I say, John, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I say, I'm fine too. And then we move along. <laughs> <laughs> Anything of note? Uh, Anything great? I saw Last Action Hero last night in 70 millimeter. 
How was it? In 70 millimeter. That's astounding. Like Dunkirk. Was it great? It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It I was totally believe so, it. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen this in 20 years, maybe. Yeah. There's so many jokes I definitely couldn't have gotten back then that are in the movie. That like movie. Like F. Murray Abraham's on, in it. Yeah. It's insane. He's great in it. Yeah. That movie has a full-on bad rap. I thoroughly always enjoyed it's insane. Last it's Action Hero. It's one of the Hero. funniest like Hollywood satires I've ever seen in my life. And it's so it's really, brilliantly smart and like dynamic. It's like, really fun. It has a yeah. horrible rap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, when it was out, they were just like, this is the worst movie ever. Yeah. I think it won a Razzie or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what they said, at least. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I watched it a lot. All right. Pump the brakes. No, no. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> If it came out today, it would be a huge hit. You may be right. The fact that that was panned back then yeah. is insane. Like, movies must have been so good. Right. They were, though. <laughs> they were. It was a good time for the movies. year, like, Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know, it's competing with, oh, well, you will all remember last week when I read all the movies that were playing. <laughs> <laughs> the awesome movie was. Oh, right. And then they weren't that awesome. All right. Everyone go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. If I'm not mistaken, it was the you saw Last Action Hero. I, I saw that this was a double feature. Yeah, I didn't stay for the. You didn't stay. Oh, I saw that they were also they were also showing Streets of Fire, which I watched a few years ago for How Did This Get Made? And it's a bad movie with Rick Moranis, and it's a musical with music by Jim Steinman, who writes all of Meatloaf's songs. And it was going to be a trilogy, and they only made the one because it was not good. <laughs> But I loved every minute of this movie that I watched at home. It's not good, but I loved it. And I would have been very interested in hearing your I don't think anyone's surprised by the notion (laughs) of those two things going together for you. It was not good, and I loved it. Listen, Mr. Action Hero, comma, last. I don't want to hear it from you. (laughs) I'll race you you to the bottom. Yeah, you got a lot of balls. Two... Last Action Hero is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Streets of Fire. You like garbage, Russ. Uh, so That's fun. You, anything? Me, anything. I don't think so. What did I watch? Oh, I've been watching. I watched a little bit of uh, Wet Hot American Summer's new series on oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. I forgot. It's a lot of fun. I bet. The trailer is Ten years fun. later. It's great. I was looking at it because like, they, they made that movie for... A little I over a million dollars. Oh, a million? Yeah. I thought it was 11. a little over. Yeah. They made, <laughs> oh, okay. They, That's they still for just, cheap for a movie, a film. Super cheap. It's not $11, but you know. It made $250,000. Are you serious? Office. That movie bombed yeah. too? It bombed horribly. Boy, people are funny. It bombed <laughs> the terribly. The funny. Yeah. And then, I mean, a you huge cult classic. Huge cult yeah. classic, and it's so funny. But the fact that it's like, I mean, there are cult classics, and then there's a cult classic that is now on its second television right, series right. based on it True. for a movie that made $250,000. Yeah, you're right. That's crazy. And I, oh God, I love it. I can't believe how long these characters in this movie has been a part of yeah, my life. I didn't true. see it. I didn't see it in the theaters, but it, like if in 2003, when I finally saw it, or 2002, you've been like, hey, you're going to be spending time with these characters again in 15 years. I'd be like, what are you talking about? This is just some movie. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What if Napoleon Dynamite came out of the TV show? They did. Oh. <laughs> they, 
Well, there was an animated version of Napoleon Dynamite uh, no a few wants years to see ago. A cartoon. You are right. Yeah. Nobody wants to, well, and nobody wanted to, and that's why it is not a thing anymore. They should have talked to me. They should have. <laughs> For the record, Last Action Hero made fifty percent profits. Well, I mean, oh, okay, fifty million dollars profit. So also, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> would have, yeah, it would have helped. Would have, would have helped. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, so what do we got our here? podcast? We are on episode 27 of Mad About Mad About You, season two, episode five of Mad About You. Uh, this episode is called So I Married Ugh. a Hair Murderer. Guys, this episode is the reason people think this show sucks. <laughs> this is... I think, you know what people say, Ugh, Mad About You? I think they just saw this episode. This is, this is going to be a quick podcast. The episode's as good as the name of the episode. <laughs> Let's break it down for you. So I'm going to do this Paul F. Tompkins style. I don't know what that means. Well, it means this. So you know the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers playing a couple of different roles and Nancy Travis. Oh, I think I know what Paul F. Tompkins style is. And you know hair. I'm going to go cook a steak. I'll be back when you're done with this. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Just like. Why are you putting these two things together in this Because sentence? she murders all their hair in the episode. This is so dumb. It makes a... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't believe I was sticking up for it, but it makes a little sense. <laughs> this is the best they could do. This is the best they could do to title this episode. Yeah, like why? Eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't know. matter. A, You're going to get a lot of those today, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm so sad to be so sad so early <laughs> yeah i was pretty i didn't enjoy it at all not at all when we when i had to re-watch it i was just like oh man i'm not happy about having yeah. to watch this episode i was notes. dying for it to be over Ugh. i didn't even We're bother to look through. who wrote it oh i it, two newbies but i i also didn't get the i didn't get their names because that's what you do yeah it is but, uh, what i do I, isn't it I didn't. I didn't recognize the names at glance. Oh, you got the names, but you didn't recognize. No, I. Them. I saw the names. I didn't write them down. It came out on October fourteenth, nineteen ninety three. Oh yeah, you want John, the TV guide? If you have it. Oh. If you manage to write that down. Oh. You do so much for this podcast. Ooh, this is I'm war. So sorry. <laughs> Where? Let's see. <laughs> okay, ready. Oh, but I was right, huh? Everyone- <laughs> Maybe war, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I found the writer's names. Oh, ah, okay. Jamie's time-killing activities include cutting Paul's hair and his film. Okay, that's a bad one. That sucked, too. Yeah, that really sucked. That's Everybody, not- turn, off, turn off this episode of the podcast now and find the end of the episode where John and I swap bodies. <laughs> it's, be- it's more fun. <laughs> Wait, this Use is- Use your time better. This is annoying. They did a bad job. Yes, a very bad job. What idiot? This, uh, this is like- a toddler it's not about the activities it's about the fact that she's trying to kill time the whole episode yes Uh. yes you know what whoever wrote that tv guide synopsis may have also titled this episode because right they are they both have as little to do with the main thrust of the episode right they're about the plot, not the people. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. They need to give Beautiful. these people notes at the uh, TV they guide. Do. Somebody does. Well, they need to now. There was a time I remember. <laughs> I'll tell you, I know they need to now, but if you know who will now, us. <laughs> there was a time not so long ago when the TV guide descriptions were perfection. <laughs> Do you want to talk briefly about the tweet that Paul Reiser sent out that I sent you recently? Sure, I don't remember it. I mean, I don't remember what it said. Some fan of Mad About You, possibly a Rise guy or Rise gal. If so, then 
forgive us, but some, uh, some fan wrote and sent a tweet to Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. They wrote a four-page synopsis of the top five reasons why you should be watching Mad About You. And I can't remember what the reasons were, but it was just like great relationships, great guest stars, very real, wonderful jokes, the characters, whatever. Like three of the four things were, three of the five things I'd were agree. the same. Yeah, but... Again, it was also it was four it was four pages long, and he sent it to Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, and Paul Reiser retweeted it and said, "Thanks so much for the thoughtful words. Very thorough too." And I'm just like, "That's right, you were aggrieved." I'm like, "Very thorough." Yeah, you want thorough, pal? Is that the yeah. feeling? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to talk thorough? Yeah. Well, what do you know about deadly relations? I think Russ, you should uh, <laughs> have the podcast transcribed. <laughs> Converted into a PDF and sent over. Yeah, if anybody wants to write down all of this, yeah, you want thorough it his way. Here's 15 banker boxes full of transcripts from the <laughs> podcast I co-host. Can I get a retweet? <laughs> By the way, so, big yeah. fan. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm the so guy now... from the parking lot in Long Island. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, Paul? <laughs> so yeah, so I'm in a I'm in a fight with Paul Reiser, and he doesn't know about it. Oh, Nobody great. tell him. Yeah, that's a, that's Nobody what we need. A, a rivalry. A rivalry. Uh, oh, oh you... I see. <laughs> so you meant to say rivalry, but because mm-hmm. it was about Paul Reiser, mm-hmm. you come. Am I doing it right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. You're alienating our fans <laughs> who have decided to call themselves Rise Guys and Rise Gals. They didn't we didn't put that on them. I didn't write that beforehand. <laughs> that was our favorite thing. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> my other one is Paul Rise. <laughs> but I I never know what to finish it with. No, yeah. I wanted Court to start a podcast session. with that once upon a time. Like Paul Rise for the honorable Yeah, yeah. Paul Rise uh, the honorable Judge Marbley. I guess. Yeah, but I didn't want to trust judge on is now presiding yeah oh man i like that a lot well i like that a lot you haven't said uh, that to me yet maybe uh hey we'll see everyone stay tuned yeah tell us what was this this is how you support a riser pun by the way john what i'm doing right now (laughs) see how much fun we're having we're laughing uh a riser oh, what is it a riserlery it's horrible a rivalry that's not a pun it's like if you put two words together that don't fit and then say yeah, it's that, a portmanteau it is a portmanteau yeah but doesn't a, wait what are the requirements for a portmanteau two words oh that together. means a new thing but it has to mean something new i think right or and or unrelated to there's a second part of a portmanteau that you're dropping and it's offensive <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to drop now is this line of conversation. All right. Do you guys see what mood this episode put us in? <laughs> it's like the slime in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, it's like Jerry We're and just... George in the contest. <laughs> uh, what was on TV? You're watching NBC. <laughs> What was on TV? Well, I'll tell you what was on TV. I looked outside the box a little bit. Mm. I didn't go music like I normally do when I go outside the box, Mm -hmm. but I did go outside of network television and I went to premium cable. Oh, interesting. And I went to MTV music television. I don't know if I call it premium cable. No, you're probably right. What, basic cable? Yeah, basic. We'll get to premium cable eventually. Let me think. 1993. 
MTV. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a real world conversation? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, you have the floor. Oh! Jeff again. Uh, uh, (laughs) there we go (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad it happened that way did it premiere also sorry everybody no but beavis and butthead is the name of the show it did not premiere then oh wait beavis and butthead yeah oh was that your impression (laughs) of pedro from the real world (laughs) because that's offensive Uh. (laughs) Yeah, Beavis and Butthead was on and out and in full swing. Four seasons in at that point, I believe. Oh, wow. An institution. Um, But yeah, but also, like, I think their seasons were maybe six or eight episodes and they had like three They had three seasons per year or something to that effect. Oh, that's confusing. Okay. Yeah. The episode that was on that night was called Buff and Stuff. (laughs) Uh, Disgusted with their pathetic physiques, Buzzcut decides to enlist the duo in a weight training course. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, this one ended with the gym teacher, Buzzcut, getting kicked in the balls. Um, (laughs) If you can imagine. (laughs) Did you watch? Did you watch? I don't. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I loved it. I only had a couple laps on on tape, but, you know. Yeah. Because I was allowed uh, was to watch it? MTV. Right, 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 right. Where were you during this? Were you still stateside? Philippines. Philippines. Thought so. I taped a couple in the summer. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, and they That's killed right. me. They, yeah, it was. I remember like at first being like, "Oh, this is a stupid show." Yeah. Or being, you know, this is a stupid show that's sounds like you get stupid, it. Yeah. Stu- yeah. That the stupid idiots in high school <laughs> like. Yeah. Or middle school. And then, like, I, you know, a few episodes in, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> I'm a stupid idiot. It was really, really fun. Along the, I would, I was going to dateline this, but it is, it, it, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dateline slash Mario Brothers. I'm bad theme. at that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Great, you've got a new role, but I don't have the headline. But in general terms. I, like I said, I was going to dateline it, but I didn't because it is bad news because earlier in this week, the New York Times reported that a five-year-old set his room or house on fire and his two-year-old sibling was killed in the fire because of Beavis and Butthead saying fire, fire. And so that happened. I don't know if you remember that or if that news of that got out there. Oh, back then. Yes, back then. That week in May, I think it was May 8th. This episode was from May 14th. And in May 8th, that's when the kid set the fire that killed his brother. So sad. Thanks, Russ. Yeah. Oh, but the rest of the show, super funny, right? (laughs) Yeah, I, I watched Beavis and Butthead a lot. And I remember buying tickets. I remember going to see it in theaters and being like, I cannot believe I'm spending money to go and see this. And it was so good. I had such a good time seeing the movie. Yeah, in I never saw theaters. The movie. Oh, it's great. Oh, I'm sure. It's really, really okay, good. I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. When I retire. I, when I retire. <laughs> when you retire. <laughs> <laughs> you can finally tell them all to go to hell. <laughs> You'll put your feet up. <laughs> watch a little Beavis and Butthead. I always liked the cartoons okay like just the storytelling of them doing whatever Uh but i preferred the videos them watching and and doing the videos the videos that day were for millie vanilli baby don't forget my number do you know that song no how do you think it goes baby don't forget my number (laughs) great 
there was Journey. If you did, it's four, five, seven, two, four, nine. <laughs> Eight, six, two, one. <laughs> Make Great. sure you got a pen and a pad of paper. Write it down, then you won't forget. <laughs> How close was I? You're pretty close. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man. How's it really going? Baby, don't forget my number, number. Number, number. Okay. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, that over and over again. There was Journey, Separate Ways. Do you know that one? No. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Do you want to know how it goes or do you want to guess how it What's goes? What's that famous one? By Journey? Yeah, that annoying one. Don't Stop Believing? Ble- yeah, Don't Stop Believing. Mm-hmm. I know how that one goes. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Do you want to hear it? Do a mashup of Separate Ways and Don't Stop Believing. Baby, don't stop believing or we'll go our separate ways. <laughs> How close was I? You're perfect. Are you Steve Perry? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Go our separate ways. That's the one. Someday love will find you. Break the chains that Oh, yeah, I do know that. That's great. That's a great song. I love, who doesn't love Journey? They're great. Yeah. I spent too much time not loving Journey. Oh. I was just like, this so, this group is lame. These songs are cheesy. And then it was just like, yeah, they are. Sure. You got to love it. And then they also did uh, Slam by Onyx. I don't, never heard of Onyx even except the dish. Don't they make dishes? Or is it a type <laughs> of gem or stone? It is a stone. That's what it is. Are they named after yeah. the stone? Yeah, well, yes. I think it's also a plate or China company like Mikasa makes, uh, or, or glassware like Mikasa. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Am I, with a K, M-I-K-A-S-A, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, yeah. I know Mikasa. Feels like high I don't end know Onyx. TJ or low end Macy's. Where are my yes, shoppers I, at? Holler at me. <laughs> well, my guess is that that high end China company was probably the basis for the name of this hardcore rap group. <laughs> yeah, the song was Slam. Cool. Chorus was Slam. Da, 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 da. Let the boys be boys. Slam. Sounds. They did that over and over again. Boring. It sounds boring. It sounds like a boring song. It was kind of boring. <laughs> don't don't worry. When I was in elementary school going to summer camp, we also did a group lip sync to Slam by Onyx. So this was oh. another one on the Russ Fader hit parade. Oh, we'll have to put that uh, still up so that no one can like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that nobody can give one half yeah. of one dang You'll about have to it. You bare your well, soul online again yeah. so that... Uh... <laughs> I can like it. <laughs> in yeah, in everybody's defense, it was a blurry picture a blurry of a television of a, five, of a fifth grader. Yeah, of my back because oh. that was the best shot I was able to get. Oh boy, yeah, that whole experience went from potentially the most satisfying thing to the most underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Russ has a picture of him in fifth grade. <laughs> Doing Informer by Snow, um, wearing purple with a tail. Had to know him. Had to know him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's what was on television. Beavis and Butthead, four stars. John, what happened news-wise? From WNBC-TV, this is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough. 
and Pat Harper. Dateline. Go ahead. Manhattan Minstrel Show. Nope. And what else you got? You are not even going to believe where this story goes. Am I going to like this? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't. Okay. I'm not, this isn't. I mean, of course, it's serious, but it's not serious. Like, you know what I mean? It involves the Friars Club. OK. OK. <laughs> it doesn't involve Crown Heights. Great. <laughs> Let me put it that way. OK. According to Brent Staples of the New York Times, the rhetoric of race is treacherous. True, Brent. Sure. The N word or in Great. full print in the paper. Okay. Spoken by someone black, it can pass as a simple greeting or even a term of endearment. Spoken by someone white, the word is almost universally heard as an insult. Like it or not, mm-hmm. blacks have carved out a historical exemption allowing raw talk about race, though primarily among themselves. Whites who infringe inevitably take some heat. Most people avoid that heat. The white actor, Ted Danson... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Yep. Wait, yep, you remember yep, this? Yep, yep, yep. Well, I've seen pictures. <gasps> oh, wait, know you know what? I have too. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. And his black lover, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Walked right into it <laughs> during a roast of Miss Goldberg at Manhattan Friars Club last <sighs> weekend. Mr. Danson appeared in black. Oh, I don't want to take down Ted Danson's career right now. Good thing we only have 200 listeners. Some... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, yeah, 200 listeners. Also, this was reported in the paper and he did it in public at the time. I know, but (laughs) no one knows. Like if they knew now, you know what I mean? Everybody knows. This is not a secret. No, any of our friends who would be bothered by this, I think, or our peers, you know what I mean? Who are our age, who forgot about this. So you think 2017 would be very upset. You think that if liberal America now were to find out about it, they'd take down Ted Danson's career? I think the Venn diagram of people obsessed with Ted Danson and people obsessed with, like, what's the word? Progressive social politics? Is you? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's narrow enough that he's going to be fine. Yeah. But <laughs> It's this conversation? He appeared You're in like... blackface and used the N-word in a series of jokes aimed at Miss Goldberg. <laughs> Mayor Not Dinkins ideal. attended the roast and proclaimed himself, quote, embarrassed. Another oh. guest stormed out and wrote the Friars a nasty letter. Miss Goldberg. That guess that guess was Rudy Giuliani. Miss <laughs> Goldberg, who helped craft Mr. Danson's joke, says she's astonished. <laughs> oh wow, but that's naive coming from a black person from New York City. Wow, they're calling Whoopi naive. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Well, yeah, she kind of is <laughs> in that and uh, and other ways. She's she's uh she's problematic. Let's say in other ways. Wait, is Whoopi Goldberg yeah. a controversial figure? Kinda. Oh, wait, why? She said. Well, she's. Uh, I, I haven't loved all of her takes on of things that she said on the View, for instance. You know, she a couple of years ago she was talking. Well, no, cause I I haven't seen it, but she. You know, it made. I feel it made like the we're news too, where, uh, Long Island Housewives now talking. <laughs> basically, I don't like Whoopi. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, we're we're kibitzing. Just you know, a couple of years ago, she would, when they were cracking down on Roman Polanski, she commented on how that wasn't quote rape, rape. Ooh, Whoopi. So, yeah, so not not the best. You have there. no idea how much I was hoping you were going to say it was something about her take on Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, I'll bet my favorite kibitzing uh, topic. <laughs> you know what? She's funny. I don't like a take on Israel. I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Beverly Hills, Mr. Danson still doesn't know what the fuss is about. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. An old white dude doesn't quite get it. Weird. Oh, dear. Uh, Miss Goldberg released a statement for 89 years. The Friars Club has made a habit of making these roasts the most tasteless, the most vulgar and the most outrageous events in many a comic's life. Sexual jokes of the basest kind and ethnic jokes, while mostly Jewish-oriented, have been the fair. Why anyone would take offense to Ted's roasting me in the tradition of the Friars Club is beyond me. Okay, Whoopi. <laughs> that was an interesting one, I thought. For sure. This one's a good one. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. New Yorkers and Co. The Bagel Maven. Dot, dot, dot. From Puerto Rico? <laughs> <laughs> I added the tone. <laughs> a lot of hot takes today. A lot of hot takes. Helmer Toro was not to the bagel born. When he was growing up on his father's struggling sugarcane farm in Puerto Rico, there were no bagels in his house or in his vocabulary. But then he moved to New York City where the bagel is as unavoidable as crowds on the IRT. Cool. Wherever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Have you ever tried to figure out the old subway system on Wikipedia and then gotten lost immediately? I have a hard enough time with the new oh, subway sure. system. Oh, sure. Okay. It's so confusing. Just when you're like, oh, they all must, uh, all the colors must map to old ones. Nope. <laughs> nope, they do not. That is not a thing. Yeah. Here, he took his first bite of a warm, sweet-smelling donut-shaped roll that had been boiled and baked to shiny perfection. He Boy, they are love. sure going out of their way to guess. pretty up and talk around the name, the word bagel. Guess who this guy is? Who's that? Mr. Bagel? At the age of 43 today, he is the president of H&H Bagels. Wow. Isn't that something? I like it. He currently sells 100,000 bagels a day. Jeez. A man of few words. That's a lot of donut-shaped bread. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Russ, just say bagel. <laughs> A man of few words, Mr. Toro manages to overcome his shyness to proclaim himself, quote, the biggest bagel maker in New York. I love all the quotes in this story from him are so straightforward, but they say them like they're not. Yeah. He proclaims himself the biggest bagel maker in the world. And he has no no hesitation in pronouncing his bagels, quote, the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes H&H bagels different from all other bagels? Quote, it's confidential. <laughs> This is a really good piece. <laughs> but it says, Mr. Toro said in a whisper, his eyes widening behind gold frame aviator glasses. <laughs> but today it says, Mr. Toro, here's one question again and again. How did a Puerto Rican become a bagel maven? His answer, quote, I was born with a certain feel for the bagel. <laughs> This is, oh this is how I read him now, and I'm enjoying it. Actually, he began to learn about dough and bread baking at the age of 12. He worked after school at bakeries in the Bronx, where his family settled in 1958. Quote, the family was very, very poor, said Mr. Toro, who wears a gold watch and a Gucci belt and takes his family on ski vacations in Vail. That, is, that sounds like when you're, you know, when you're a kid and you're writing you know, you have a writing assignment, and so you have to, like, you write down all of the facts that you can find about sure. a person. But this one. And then, and then you, yeah, but then you, like, you write the thing, and you've got this, you know, you cross off all of your facts, and then you've got your piece written, and you're like, oh, man, I got all these leftover facts. What am I going to do? Uh, I, I know. Uh, he, his, he's he's got a Gucci him. belt. I'll sprinkle Yeah, he's, he, he's got a Gucci belt, <laughs> and he takes his family on vacations, but, but, and he's got. Uh, I mean, not to do that. One sentence. Boom. I see your point, and not to do this again, but in this specific case, it makes sense. Because <laughs> it's illustrating the contrast between his upbringing and his wealth now. Great. Well, then why don't you teach elementary <laughs> school writing, and I'll just do this podcast by myself. <laughs> Cross your facts out. <laughs> I don't know how they do things in the Philippines, but on Long Island, we cross our facts out. <laughs> 
Anyway, I think that's <laughs> enough of this one. Oh, wait, I do love this burn. He also tastes the competition, doesn't think much of it. With bagel consumption increasing nationwide, and with a health-conscious public drawn to the bagel's low-fat, high-carb nature, everyone wants to get on the act, he complained. Quote, they take bread dough and shape it like a bagel, Mr. Toro said. That is not a bagel. <laughs> yep. Look. That guy's finally starting to make some sense. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, who cares? Ah, well, I don't know. It says <laughs> this is a real roller coaster. It just says here are some of New York's most popular bagel shops. Uh, Essa Bagel is that still there? Sure, I think so. I think so too. H and H is gone, right? H and H is gone. Yeah, they went out of business. I remember that. Yeah. In Brooklyn, you ever go to Atlantic Bagels? No. La Bagel Delight? Nope. That's a weird one. Uh, this is boring. Okay, next. I think I got one more. <sighs> It's about jury duty. Okay, I had two stories. I was skipping them both. One's about a very skinny house in the village <laughs> that John Barrymore lived in. Oh, Russ, Russ made a face, so I'm going to read a little about this. Well, I'm interested in the concept of a very skinny house. It sounds like a children's it book. It says it's not. It does sound like a children's book where they keep having company and the company has to do weird things to like get through, you know? Is that what's in the article or is that what's no, in the children's No, I was speculating book? on the children's book. That's what's in the oh, children's yeah. book that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, I'm like, oh, if they're if the company's coming into the skinny house yeah, and the house is eating the fit. company. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be such a popular house, it's going to get so crowded, the walls are going to, it's going to be packed to the gills and the walls are going to break and uh, sure. they're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's going to be, a, it, this is a horror story. Yeah, it's a book for hermits. Yeah. <laughs> Hermit the Frog. Okay. Hermit the House. So, who cares? Quirk on Bedford Street, Barry Horse Slim Stage. Walking tours uh, regularly clog the sidewalk outside the incredibly narrow brick house on the old Greenwich Village Street on Bedford Street, which, as many of you may or may not know, is where the apartment that is the exterior of Monica and Rachel's apartment on Friends dwells. Ooh, on Bedford I did not know that. and I forget Greenwich, maybe Bedford Greenwich. Ave? I'll have to find oh, out. Oh, Russ, you got to go take a little walk over there. I do. I will. It's kind of surreal. I'm sure. Like I'm saying now, like, oh, whatever. I'm sure if I got there and saw the exterior of Monica and Rachel's place, yeah. I'd kind of freak out. A it's little also bit. very surreal because when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. This is so, of course they right. shot in L.A. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It both puts you in the reality and takes you harshly out of it. Yeah. Of the show. But it says they keep taking snapshots of each other, the people on this tour, with their arms spread out across the whole width of the house, said Christopher Dubbs, who's been trying to buy the house at 75 and a half Bedford Street between Morton and Commerce since last November. It's only nine and a half feet wide, was built in 1873. It's three stories squeezed into what had been a carriageway. John Barrymore once lived in it. It was the home of Edna St. Vincent Millay, whoever that is, for a year in the 20s. Is she famous? I do not know. Mm, that's, who cares? Prob- probably. Let's marry to the mobber. <laughs> <laughs> this, you got married to the mob. This house is still bouncing around. I found a listing on Curbed from 2011, Curbed in New York. It returned to the market for $4.3 million. But what's weird, Russ, is there must be very tricky photos, but the photos on the Curbed article do not look... It looks... Well, you know what? Nine feet's long, actually. Never mind. Nine feet's longer than a person. Yes. Well, it's a very... Yes. Yeah. It's a very nice house. I can say with confidence that nine (laughs) feet is longer than a person. (laughs) The floor plan's kind of funny because it's just four very narrow rectangles for each floor. (laughs) Like very narrow, long rectangles. Yeah. Supposedly also Cary Grant lived there and the famous anthropologist Margaret Mead. Oh, cool. I've heard of her, I think, right? Yeah. The famous anthropologist. Yeah. (laughs) It's 990 square feet, which is uh, pretty good. What's the rent? 4.3 mil. (laughs) 
<laughs> to own, to own. <laughs> then there's a story about jury duty, but honestly, who cares? We don't have to do it. Skip. I, have you ever served on a jury? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. have. And you know what? I think it's a good thing to do. It's an honorable thing to do. And I lecture people, all my friends, and anyone I know who, who tries to get out of it, I yell at them. I served last year for, yeah, it was a, a week-long a week long case. Oh, and nice. So was mine. I, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved doing it. It was a grisly case, so I won't get into it. But yeah, I I, I was fascinated. Yeah, by the, the case. halls of justice are uh, very intimidating and very weird to be in if you've never set foot in a courtroom before. Yes, yeah, you, it's, it's very it, hard like, to lie. It is like I don't get people also, always say like uh, just say some uh, BS to get out of jury duty. It's like good luck to the judge. Yeah. to his face. Yes, good luck. Oh yeah. Also, like, my judge, like, sniffed that out the first time. Like, somebody, like, gave a wishy-washy response to something. And the judge was like, no, you're going to stay put. Everybody, no, he was just like, now you said that you couldn't do this. And now you're saying that you can't. Now, I know that you wouldn't want to perjure yourself. And that's what you're doing right now. Nice. So, like, he just, like, made an example out of this person (laughs) right from the get-go. This judge was not having it. Good for him. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty neat. Everyone should serve on a jury. It's a great experience. Mm -hmm. And it's do your part because you might wind up in front of a jury of your peers. And if they know you're a monster who tries to skip out on it, maybe they'll give you a thumbs down. You'll end up in prison for the rest of your life. Think about that. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. more you know. (laughs) Mad about about you, your moral conscience. Uh, I wish I could have done it the more you know. (laughs) It would have been good. Just yelling at people about jury duty. The more you know. In in black and white. Uh, juries we gotta have them <laughs> you should be on them well it's just uh, you know stop whining it, at the end the of the more day you know <laughs> it's your life you know it's your life being decided by these people yeah and you're trying to skip out on it yeah it's your yeah, yeah. it's your social do- you think voting's important so is this this is the other part of it yeah people don't get shamed enough for this one let's start shaming people i already do yeah it's the one let's, thing i shame people about you want to go online and find people who skipped out on jury well, duty and then no. do- and then dox them no russ just <laughs> still have gone too far yeah <laughs> Oh, John, I have terrible news, I think. We have to talk about the show, don't we? We've been putting I it off. We to... Somehow this, we were in a horrible mood, and this is like the longest intro. Well, yeah, because we weren't talking about Mad About You. <laughs> I actually don't even want to. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to float this. I don't think we'll go with this. But what if we just did it? <laughs> John... I think I've told you this. That's really what I want this podcast to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I'm asking the wrong person. Yeah. I would be fine with a podcast where it's just you and I being like, oh, remember that TV show? Remember that new segment? Oh, that was great. All right. Next week. <laughs> All right. Next week. Uh, I mean, I love Mad About You. I love. We're both mad love, about Mad About You. But today. Oh, that's what I we am are. mad about I Mad, mad about, about You. Yeah. Today. Today. We are not mad about Mad About You. Today. We are mad at Mad About You. <laughs> So it's directed by uh, the old Catsman himself, <laughs> a.k.a. T.S. Eliot, a.k.a. The Big T.S., a.k.a. <laughs> Tommy Schlamy, a.k.a. Thomas Schlamy. Um, magical Mr. Miss Tom Schlamy. <laughs> uh, <sighs> magical Mr. Miss Schlamelies. Does that work? Yours is better. I think yours is better. <laughs> That's how you support a cat's pump. Excellent, excellent portmanteau. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know if that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by Andrew Gordon and Eileen Kahn, uh, another writing team, I'm assuming, because their resumes are uh, almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> Another writing team because they wrote this episode together and we know what that means. <laughs> they both came out of uh, Dream On. Oh, yeah, great. They both wrote 28 episodes on that boring TV show. <laughs> have we talked about Dream On before? We must Probably have. a little. Yeah, because it was the first time you saw thick old nudity on the TV there. Yeah, yeah, just, oh my goodness, a sitcom and naked people? Absolutely. But don't you remember thinking, oh, Friends. Oh, the Friends writers. Oh, whoa, and it's about old TV shows. This is going to be great. And then watching it and being like, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Where's Chandler? Yeah, this is yeah, witty. Right. Yeah. What did I think this was going to be? <laughs> why does Michael McKean have an Australian accent? Also, He's not- why aren't there more boobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To an episode. <laughs> <laughs> How about a baker's dozen? <laughs> That is an odd number, literally, <laughs> and I'm confused. Total Recall, right? But yep, 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 yep. Yeah, anyway, so they wrote on those, and they're still working. Great. Yeah, Just Shoot. Oh, they both worked on Just They were co-EPs on Just Shoot Me. They worked on cool. News Radio. They worked on a million shows that are amazing. Oh, News Radio is so good. Uh, isn't it? Oh, and Casey Undercover on uh, on the Disney Channel, which I've definitely auditioned for at least once. Have you? not gotten. <laughs> Ah, the hell with it. Uh, just another child foil. Another 33-year-old uh, balding child <laughs> foil. <laughs> That's the rule. So it's a weekday night. The episode starts. Paul comes out of the kitchen sacking. I think I figured out how we're going to do this. We're just going to sort of move. <laughs> Great. Like a hoverboard. Drive that maybe. train. Uh, Paul comes out of the kitchen uh, that night, and he's snacking <laughs> that night. And uh, Jamie's on her laptop updating her resume. And Paul's mm-hmm. like, but you were supposed to take some time off. And uh, she's she's struggling because she's like, you give your, your name to a company for eight, eight years and you only have a one line resume, which is it's funny. It's relatable. It's relatable, but it's also nonsense. Yeah, I wrote Jamie, she's bad at resumes. Yeah. Well, right? wasn't, the wasn't, things wasn't, you did, Jamie. You, the, your last episode was all about how much you did. Right. I'm quitting because I don't get uh, I don't get credit for the yeah. things that I do. I do so much for this company. I quit. Oh my God! What do I do? What do I have to say that I did? Yeah, one weird thing was in my head. Didn't you like seeing her on a laptop working and related to job hunting? It took me a second to like work my brain backwards and be like, oh right, she's not just like on Monster.com looking for jobs right now. She's doing I, the only thing you can do on a computer back then to help get a job, which is update your resume. I didn't go that far, but yeah, the fact that she was doing something rather. Rather than just being like, I'm updating my resume and then clicking send, and yeah, it's going right. to automatically be sent to 50 different yeah. places for, it's just like, no, I'm well, I'm printing yeah. out, I'm, I'm going to update this, and it's going to turn into a piece of paper right. that I have to, to that I have to walk all around walk. town. Yeah. Yeah. That I have to knock on a door it's and say, crazy. I'm sorry, are you hiring? It's so hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In my head, before she said resume, I was like, oh, she's looking for a job. Yeah. And nope. Anyway. Nope, not yet. Uh, so Paul's like. Uh, who cares? Okay, Paul's like, embellish. Why don't you embellish it? You know, lie. And she's like, I'll embellish it. <laughs> and then she says, house supervisor at the Winniewa Corporation, which Winniewa was her camp, and she was a counselor. So it's one of those jokes. But well, What uh, What do you mean? A bad joke? No, no, no. This. Th- I feel like this was early. 
in the the era of like the joke of oh he's not a janitor he's a uh, uh, a hallway floor supervisor you remember you know those sure. jokes yes I I understand that those came like it was a tidal wave of those I feel like shortly after this one so this was ahead of the curve great so maybe you're saying that this crowd just wasn't ready for it because when she says this joke it gets zero laughs and then they cut into the theme song and I feel uncomfortable. There are a like, lot of tags that are in scenes that don't get laughs. This this episode is almost completely devoid of laughter from the studio audience and from the audience of Russ on his couch. Yeah, I, I probably laughed more than you did, but let's see. So A mon- little bit. Monday. <laughs> I love that you know. It's a Monday morning, and uh, so it's Monday morning, and uh, Jamie's in her PJs for once, you know, where you see Slow her. down, slow down, <laughs> slow down. So it's Monday morning. <laughs> I said that. Oh, she's, okay, I missed it. I'm sorry. Jamie's uh, in, not in her work clothes for once, you know? She's just in, like, pajamas, and uh, she's on the couch with a stack of Jane Austen books, and she's just she's excited to do nothing today. Yes. And Paul has a, the opposite energy. He's, like, sort of frenetically looking for this tape that he was going to show Lou, probably a cut of his film. Lou being the producer, played by Larry Miller. And uh, we find out Paul already showed it to Lou the doorman. And Jamie's like, did he like it? And Paul's like, he had some notes. (laughs) He had some notes. That's that's clever. So Jamie's wondering if Paul is what she looked like in most mornings when she had a job. All stressed out, running around. Yeah. Yes, what she says is, did I look like that when I was working? This is her first day of not having a job. And she's using phrases like, oh, did I look like that when I was working? Well, that's the point. But I'm just like, ugh. Well, then I hate that the point. bothered you. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, you, were you must just, have you... really hated this episode. <laughs> hey, John, this is what I am saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that is. Oh, uh, that uh, that to me, that's just setting up the premise. Yeah. Which I buy, though. It's a re- it's a realistic premise. I'm not saying that it's not realistic. I'm saying that it is astoundingly annoying. Jamie really annoyed sure. me a lot. And I know that she's supposed to be annoying, but this is another one of those instances where it's just like, if the character is annoying to the people in the episode, then the character is also annoying to the audience at home. Uh, that's an interesting rule. And I, I'm inclined to agree with that. It's not necessarily a one-to-one. There are certainly times where it's just like, oh, I just love to hate that person or I love to they get under my skin. What a great foil. What a great what a great villain. This is not that this is. Oh, Jamie, you are intolerable right now. So uh, anyway, so she tries to convince Paul to take off work and just sit around all day and eat. Yes. Which is so funny to hear. I was like, oh, wow. You know, we actually rarely see them eat food. We rarely see them eat. Don't we? We see. I feel like we see them cook. We see them serve. Granted, we just saw Paul snack. We see them snack. Paul eats potato chips. Paul eats crackers. Paul, you know, she eats pigs. We don't see them ever eat like meals. Well, snacking's eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little snack. No. I'm eating. You... <laughs> Is that a real one? No. <laughs> it feels like it a common fake be. one, though. It could. I mean. It feels like such I mean, a common it's... fake one that I thought it might be real. It's very close to. Is soup a meal? Oh, it is very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did he crumble any crackers into it? Yeah. Oh, well, crackers in a bowl. That yeah. could be a meal. Let's talk about Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> he, so Paul, you know, oh, so she, uh, who cares? He finds the tape when they're making out on the floor, okay? And he's about to head out, and she blocks the door because she doesn't want to leave, because she's bored, because she's stir crazy, because she doesn't have a job, okay? So, 
So this was satisfying. She's blocking the door. He's trying to get out. He kisses her, thinking that's what she wants. And she doesn't mm-hmm. move. He kisses her again. She doesn't move. He gives her like a big, long kiss where she just sort of like sinks into it. And then he moves her while she's kissing him and opens the door, which I thought was pretty yes. uh, Jamie level manipulative. Yes. Which was impressive. Yeah, it was. It was. It, that's fun. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Great. So he leaves. Jamie's alone. And she picks up the fattest book I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, and then what does she do, Joan? She lays on the couch mm-hmm. with her tea. And she mm-hmm. puts a blanket around her mm-hmm. and then she moves her tea. Like she does all these things that I think were very realistic and kind of yes, funny. She gets herself settled. Yeah. And then she starts yes. to read. And then, uh, yeah. you know, the TV. She wants to watch TV. Who doesn't? Sure. But when she starts to read, what does she do, John? Oh, I don't know. Something that annoys you. Oh, she takes that book cover and she just bends oh, it all Oh, right. I forgot. You're back. nuts about that. She reads like an animal. Yeah. Just breaking books. Breaking books. Yeah, Larry like David Jean-Claude would say Van she has... Damn. With a book, spine. Larry David would Larry <laughs> David would say she has no respect for paper. Yeah, none. Oh, go ahead. You were going to say she puts the TV on, and we get another one of these great daytime talk show promo jokes from the show. Next on Geraldo, gay pets. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's not as funny as the last one, but I still like. Uh, I like. I like the bit, and I like whoever does the voice. And I just think it's, I hope they keep doing these, and I'm sure they will. I do like the voice. I'm just like, yeah, the idea, oh, gay pets, that's its own joke. Eh. Okay. Eh. So again, we go out on no laugh, and it's uncomfortable when she changes the channel, and it's uh, it's an infomercial for something called the hair vac or something. Yes, and also, in addition to, like, the gay pets joke is whatever but it is at least audible after that the volume gets cut in half and they're just like and they're they're advertising like what i remember is being called a floby do you remember that wait this was a real thing <gasps> do you not know yeah this was a real thing oh they the floby stupid idea was a you hooked it up to your vacuum oh. and it was a hair it was a hair cutting device no. so you could cut your own hair at home that is insane though yeah yes yes it was okay this was a real thing so for all of you who know what that is this is a, a play on that yeah and the, that and the floby ad is at half the volume it's almost completely inaudible and that is how they segue into the next scene yeah the foley With, guy really messed up <laughs> let's blame the yeah. foley guy <laughs> uh, oh, you struck out season two foley guy come if on you an orange <laughs> if you peel an orange next to a firework it sounds like an infomercial for a hair bag <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so we go to the next scene buckman studios mm-hmm. paul lou and mm-hmm. warren are gathered around the moviola mm-hmm. and uh yeah no no nothing lou wants lots and lots of shots of dogs <laughs> and cats yeah he gets so excited when he hears they cut this dog scene out. Because why, Why, Russ? People love cats and dogs, right? People love cats and dogs. Why not put them in the movie? Lou wants to get his hands dirty, and he kneels down in front of the movie all and starts sort of running it himself. And it's situated so that you got Paul sitting there, then Lou directly next to him, and then Warren at the end. And Warren looks yeah. at Lou's ears and says, yes. Hey, Paul, I can see you. <laughs> That's a fun bit of business. Yeah, it's very funny. So Paul tries to get rid of Lou. You know, he's like, oh, we can finish it without you. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, Lou pushes back because, you know, this is the stuff he likes. But come on, this is the stuff I like. I'm not just a suit. I directed Damn Yankees in Montclair. (laughs) Coffee, please. You know, I saw that production of Damn Yankees. 
And no. <laughs> to me, this is. I'm the, not sure. Yeah. No. You, what were you gonna say? I think this is one of my the, my favorite jokes in the episode. I laughed so uh, hard about this for like a minute about, on my couch. You think we need something to replace the dog? I think we need something to replace Lou. No. Hey, John. <laughs> I don't know what the clip is. <laughs> I was going to tell you. Don't say it like I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a fair point. (laughs) No. You know what's funny? The people listening to this have already heard the clip. You Uh still haven't heard the clip. (laughs) I'm in the dark. I do not like this. You are the last person every week to hear the clip. Oh, my. You know what you should do? Don't tell me. Uh Let's just move on and I'll sit with this frustration and anger. I want to know if you laughed hard at this. So Lou's like, I did, you know, I did that production of Damn Yankees mm-hmm. and Warren's like, oh, I saw it. And I feel like the usual choice would be like, it was pretty good but for him to go. Oh, I saw it. And then Paul's like, how was it? And Warren's like, eh, <laughs> it's so funny. Nope. Didn't get me. Why? I, I don't know. That's so up maybe, your alley. Maybe because I'm in this mood. <laughs> It's such like an old comedy kind of joke, you know? I may have missed it. Uh, I may have been... Because, like, of course it's a bad production. Sure. It's so fun. Like, like for it to to seriously weigh it, they'd be like, no, it wasn't very... (laughs) It kills me. I don't know if the audience laughs. I don't remember. But I'll watch. I'll watch again. I'll bet I'll like it more this time. Yeah, Russ, do me a favor. Watch the whole episode again, and then... (laughs) I will will quit this show. (laughs) So Lou goes to get some coffee and Warren wants to replace Lou and uh, the phone rings and it's Jamie wondering if Murray's effeminate and ha, so ha, ha. Ha, she watched Geraldo and before. Oh, so <laughs> this is my favorite. So, oh, this is another one that was funny. When Paul's on the phone with Jamie and, mm-hmm. and Lou just comes back in and he's like excited and he interrupts Paul and with that annoyingly helpful tone, it's like, hey, Paul, my sister has a cat. I can call her. <laughs> that's very funny yes i like that i got a kick out of that so paul gets off the phone and then she calls again like two seconds later before he gets off the phone there's a joke oh jamie is telling her him a knock knock joke and paul says who's there yeah and then he says bert and ernie who and then he says okay that's funny so (sighs) sweepstakes what's the joke knock knock who's there bert Bert and ernie bert and ernie who Fill in the joke. Tim Burton. Go get him, Rise, guys. Go get him, Rise, gals. Tim Burton and Ernie Sabella. (laughs) Tim. Tim, It's a knock-knock joke. Not a knock-knock wheel of fortune before and after. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When I was a young warthog, my face was painted white. My feet were giant. My head was tiny. I was played by Johnny Depp. Wait, am I getting Tim Burton mixed up with someone? No, I'm not. No, you're not. I, <laughs> I just didn't know how the end of that bit was going to go. And I'm really happy that it went that way. <laughs> uh, everyone knows Ernie oh, Sabella. <laughs> sure they do. Boomba. He's Mr. Carosi. And Mr. Carosi, that's right, from Saved by He's the Mr. Bell. He's Mr. Carosi from Saved by the Bell. Malibu Sands. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, I saw him play uh, Amos in Chicago on Broadway in 1997. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. And I was so excited. I saw him play Sancho Panza in oh, Man and, of uh, La Mancha. With? When, with uh, with Bri- Brian Stokes Mitchell. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was very good. Oh, you bastard. 
Oh. It was very good. It was good. Mm. Look, all I'm saying is my high school did Man of La Mancha when I was a junior. And Russ, it was my, funny. Trust me. My production was better. And <laughs> <laughs> so Paul gets off the phone. Jamie calls again like two seconds later to ask Paul to guess what she found behind the fridge. Answer, a raisin. So while he's on the <sighs> phone, Lou just walks <laughs> This made me laugh because it was so stupid. Lou walks over to the movieola again and he just goes, hey, what's this button do? And he pushes it. <laughs> and he's pushed the send film spooling <laughs> yeah, yeah, all over the floor yeah, button. The button. <laughs> this movieola apparently has a button that just makes it go to flying. Yeah. Yeah. It's the brake machine button. Yeah. It's the visual gag button. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and also Stephen Wright doesn't know how to answer questions because he says, hey, what's this do? And Stephen Wright says nothing. And then he pushes the button and he says, unless you push it. And I was like, hey, Stephen Wright, that's the point of buttons. Hey, Russ, that's the point yeah. of the Stephen Wright joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm burning the show to the ground, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, you need to be recalibrated is, if you're not parsing Stephen Wright jokes properly. I do, I do. No, this is this is what happens with me. Like when I love a comedian, I will go to the ends of the earth to be like, "Don't you understand the reality or oh, the, how I this see. is it's funny?" Fun. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm not up for it, I'll just be like, "Ah, uh, yeah, Stephen Wright." Of course you don't push the button. And it's like, that's why it's a joke. He's like, I'm aware of why it's a I joke. I see. It's a little bit you do. But <laughs> it's not a bit as much as it is just a uh, a bummer of the way I interpret the world. That makes you laugh. For sure. So next scene, it's that night at the Buckman's and uh, mm-hmm. Ira is hanging out. Uh, it's Ira and Jamie and they're rearranging their yep. hideous, messy living room. Yep. And then Mr. Catsman pulls one of his little uh, camera reveals there. The man, you give him three cameras, say, don't move him too much. And he says, I don't need to. I'll still do some magic. Oh, watch this. Watch this. We cut to a wide shot to reveal Lisa's been sitting on the couch reading magazines. Yep. Not couch. She's helping. Love seat. (laughs) Yeah, she's helping. Which I thought, uh, I just love him. Yeah, The camera, this is him, right? They don't normally do this. I think you're right. I yeah. think so, too. We, we th- don't often see anything like this. Yeah, I, he's he's adding jokes to the show. Yes. Anyway, Paul comes home. <laughs> Guys, I wish you could see Russ's face. <laughs> Paul comes home and you know, yeah, Paul comes home and Jamie welcomes him in Italian because she's also been learning Italian. You know, obviously she's going stir crazy. We get it. And to me, oh, this is when it clicked. I don't know why it took this long, but I was like, oh, f- this feels like I love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke because mm-hmm. she finally doesn't have a job. Yes. Well, A, it felt like Dick Van Dyke because of that. And B, it felt like Dick Van Dyke because Paul comes in and immediately trips over the new location of the couch. Yeah. So there's slapstick and right. other stuff. But not great slapstick. No, lacking He bumps slapstick. into an end table and catches himself pretty quickly. <laughs> By the way, oh, but the phone lacking, does fall out of the cradle, which is hysterical. Lacking slapstick is laxstick. There you go. Oh, um, that's not bad. How about slackstick? You're so much better at this than I am, and I'm pretty good no, at this. No, but I couldn't do it without your setups. Uh, aren't we a team? Yeah, you're the man behind the man. You're, you're my Leo McGarry. <laughs> I'm the guy that I'm the guy behind the guy. Aw. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, so Paul yeah. Paul thinks that the new floor plan is a little bit confusing. Right. Jamie comments, Murray got it. And Paul says, well, he's a dog. He's got four-wheel drive. Yeah. And that made me laugh. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so then Jamie tells Paul to mingle while she finishes up dinner. <laughs> 
I didn't get this made me laugh a little, even though I, I it didn't it was too it's too crazy, right? The a lasagna the recipe en- on the back of a Rice Krispies box. Oh yeah, that's insane. It's too much. Just like stop making things up. Right. Yeah. There's no world where there's a lasagna recipe on the back of a Rice Krispies box. And there's definitely no world in which Jamie sees that and says, Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I think the Even second she- part's true in this episode though. She'd say you yes know- to anything in this episode, I think. Not to you know <laughs> That's why this episode bothers me so much. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. You're right. This is an episode in which Jamie will say yes to anything, but Jamie is not a say yes to anything person or character. Right. Even at her worst. Like, that's not who she is. And so we're not seeing her behave according to the rules that we've established for Jamie. Wait, I feel like she's more say yes, though, than Paul usually. I thought, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on the thing, but don't we often say that Paul's the one saying no? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, John. Guys, this is going to break s- Russ. I'm so mad. <laughs> so we go to the next scene. Oh, wait. No, we don't. We go to three scenes from now. Ah. We get, no- <laughs> wait, we do go to the next scene, don't we? Well, eventually. Does something else happen uh, that I didn't write? Jamie is learning Italian. Oh, that through, little joke. That's right. Yeah, there's Jamie's learning Italian, and uh, she has asked Ira to make Paul a martini. Yeah, they have a wet bar now. They have a wet bar. Ira makes Paul a martini. Jamie exits speaking Italian. And Paul says in the same tone as the voice who is teaching Italian, he says, please give my wife some lithium, which ha ha ha. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I did too. I did too. That's how I signify that I think something is funny now. With a f- this, fake sarcastic laugh. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. This episode has won. A haughty sarcastic <laughs> laugh. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha, John. I think you're funny. Ha ha ha. So now we're in the middle. It's the middle of the night in the next scene. You know, uh, Paul's asleep and uh, Jamie's in the closet there. Uh, checking clothes onto the bed. You know, she's cleaning out the closet because she can't sleep because she's uh, unemployed. And the clothes wake Paul up and uh, she wants to go for a walk. She, you know, she's like, let's go for a walk. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. but honey, it's late. I got to sleep. And uh, eventually she's like, okay, okay, I'll go to sleep. And she gets into bed, but then, surprise, she can't sleep. So then she has a little plan about the clothes. Maybe I should sell these clothes. (laughs) What? Maybe I should sell these clothes. Sell them for what? For money. Listen, I told you, we're going to be fine. You're working. I want to do my part. Listen, you remember the whole thing? Better or worse or richer or poorer? What is that from? From Brigadoon. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just need to hear Paul Reiser say Brigadoon. He's made, they've done this before, haven't they? A Brigadoon reference? Yeah. Maybe. I feel like. I feel like we've spoken about Brigadoon before Maybe. on this podcast. Yes, and I think I like looked it up and stuff. Yeah, I knew about it. No, uh, I yeah, mean, we I, definitely I, talked uh, about uh, it. Ex- I knew about it. Don't get me wrong. I well, knew I, about it. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, everybody. I I know a lot about yeah, the shows that my high school did <laughs> when I was in middle school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't need anyone to tell me what the odd couple or the music man or <laughs> Bye Bye Birdie is. Oh, don't get me started on Bye Bye Birdie. Or Neil Simon's rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he does yeah. love a Brigadoon reference, and uh, it's fine and fun there, absolutely. E- yeah, so. Jamie automatically selling her possessions to 
bring didn't in money. Didn't feel like Jamie, right? Didn't feel like Jamie did. It feels so sudden. I mean, I know that it is, and I know that that's the point. But again, yeah. I'm like, why is I don't like this? The conceit of this episode at its core. So that's why I, everything about it, I'm just like, why? Wait, she seriously is going to sell her stuff? I think it's such a crazy premise that doesn't have crazy enough content that, yeah, like, you know what I mean. I to me, I'm like, oh, this would be a very funny like homage to an old sitcom because it's it's structured like that right it's like ricky's at the club and while he's there lucy goes nuts and he comes home to insanity yes. you know but this is like oh she's acting crazy every yes all of the crazy is not like built into like we don't see it happen i think that may be also part of it yeah. at first she's just like she's just like ah i've got the data you know we start off and it's like i've got to update my resume and then it's Ah, I've got the day. Oh, we don't know how she really feels about oh, it. Oh, it should have been Jamie's episode, but it's really Paul's episode. Yes. Wow, Russ, great notes. Oh, oh I cracked it. You cracked it. I, John, I feel like a weight has been yeah, lifted. Yeah, it's like I one really of those zip-popping videos on YouTube. Oh, my God, Dr. P- Pipple Popper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, big fan. You're a pilot big, popper. Big, fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That is it. That's um, the problem. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't know how she feels yeah. and we don't know why she feels it. We're with the wrong character the whole time. We are. Oh, Russ. Oh, now if you all now you can finally <sighs> use that time machine that's in your closet. Folks, that has been mad about mad about you. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's keep going. Even sure. though you saying that, I was like, should we just stop? I don't know. <laughs> I feel real good about where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see if that empowers us now. Yeah, here we so go. So she's like, basically, Paul's like, I want you to go to sleep and not get a and rest, you know, take some time off. Yes. So she's like, well, then we have to economize. So she springs out of bed and yeah. we very quickly yeah. realize she bought that vacuum trim. Yeah. It's no big deal. In fact, I can save us $30 <laughs> right now. How? Wouldn't it be nice to avoid expensive haircuts and style your hair in the privacy of your own home? Oh, boy, you know, I don't like the sound of this at all. Oh, tell me you didn't buy a vacuum trim. I didn't buy a vacuum trim. What the hell is that? The vacuum trim, too. You know, you know what, honey? Can I, can I just say something to you? You know what? They say it's the Ginsu knife of hairstyling. Okay, good, but see, I really don't need to get a haircut. I know, but I really need to give you one. The vacuum trim, too. <sighs> I know. The Ginsu knife of hairstyles. Yeah, that Ginsu knife was real popular in the comedy scene. <laughs> in the night. Yeah, it sure was. You're right. The Ginsu knife was popular in the country in the 80s, and so it was popular in the comedy right, scene exactly. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's our Tinder. Like, yes, as everybody aged into TV writing roles. Right. You know, yeah, they did it. Yeah. They did it in stand-up in the 80s, oh, and then it was just like, that's like, true. It was a little bit late. I see. That's that's very true. <laughs> you know, when I you know when I was a kid in the 90s, I didn't know about I didn't know about Ginsu knives. I had to learn from movies but it's not like i saw ads and was just like oh, oh that's I what did. a knife ads. is did you yeah fine i'm wrong no different uh regions i guess so we had a lot of shoes to cut and uh that's eh, an old seinfeld <laughs> joke <laughs> anyway so she gives him a haircut yeah paul says i really don't need a haircut and she says i know but i really need to give you one yeah and again we go out and not on a lap i think you're right you're <laughs> right realize there is how no laugh rarely there. it happened or how common it was the opposite of what um, i first said 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> the that thing I said, the other thing. So we're back at Buckman Studios the next day. They're at the Moviola again. Mm-hmm. And Paul's wearing a hat now because his haircut must have sucked. Ha 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 ha. Get it, Russ? I'm with you. Suck. I didn't get it. You are wonderful. I, I don't think that's fair. No, I, you're not. I, it's not. I'm sorry. John, I want to apologize. I've been taking out my hatred on this episode on you. It's been misplaced. And Wow. <laughs> And, I've, and, met every, and I'll, I, I've met everything I've said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we finally get a clip now of uh, New York at Night. Yeah, we do. What I love about New York at Night is the smell. It smells like hope. Philly smells like hope. But it also smells like nutmeg. And that ain't right. Did I hear him say it smells like nutmeg? Yes. And that ain't right? Yes. Is that like and I, ca- uh, is that a specific j- reference like Starbucks popping up? No. It's I, just I nonsense, think it's just, right? It's just it's if not nonsense, I think he, they think that that would be funny. If any I mean maybe New York probably maybe smells a little bit more like nutmeg around the holidays. I don't think that's what the guy was referencing though, you know. I think you're right. I think they just think that that sounds funny. Yeah, for those who don't know, he looks like he's kind of looks like a garbage man or a construction worker and they're he's being interviewed by, you know, the crew. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they're wrong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Lou's worried that the clip isn't enough, you know, to make you feel something like deep down mm-hmm. in your chest. And mm-hmm. he's right. He's right. Uh, this movie's going to stink. It is not thumpy enough. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul goes to get like another reel to show Lou something. And uh, Jamie comes in instead of calling. How about that? Yeah. She is bored. She is lonely. She has come to visit. Yeah. She wants to get lunch. But Paul already ate. I didn't believe him. Did you? I think he did, but I think that he was distracted with work. I think that he probably, he was just kind of in work mode and wasn't like. Oh, for sh- No, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Wasn't in the mood to deal with, no. with, with her Absolutely. and to, to be with her at the moment. No, it's truly a nightmare to be interrupted. I can't even imagine yeah. just having like my girlfriend show up in my office in the middle of working with like my boss, knowing that, like, unless it was like serious, you know what I mean? If it was serious or if it was, yeah, if it was, um, yeah, if you if you've got deadlines like they do, or it's it's a lot of it's a lot not of not just my girlfriend though, anyone. It's a work poppin'. Mm-hmm. Don't do mm-hmm. a, no one should do a work poppin'. No work poppin'. Yeah. Period. The end. So she says she's worried about Paul because you know yes. he's not sleeping and stuff. I'm worried about you. You are. I am. Yes, I know when something's wrong. You you're not sleeping. You're edgy. You're completely stressed out. These are all true things you're saying. And I'm not gonna let you do this to yourself. Well, you know, I'm not really doing it to myself. I'm getting a little bit of help. I know. Yeah. I know. Do you? Of course. Well, I'm So why don't truth. you say something to him? To him? Who's him? Paul! Him? Him, him is fine, honey. Him is not my problem. Paul, I've got a guy on the phone who can rent us cats. Just hold off on the cats. Just give me a minute. He's got to have an answer now. No. The answer's no, okay? Oh, God. But Lou at the end there saves the scene, I think. Sure. The whole, I gotta, the fact, uh, the fact that he's harping on the cat still, the (laughs) fact that he lies to the cat guy. (laughs) Because he's I got a guy on the phone who could rent us cats. He's so confident he can still convince Paul to get the cats. <laughs> From the, like he's got to have an answer now to we haven't decided yet. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, Larry Miller is keeping this afloat. He's great. I'm wondering. Well, I, I know it's a Larry Miller thing. The whole snapping that he does. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Larry Miller punctuates a lot of his sentences and thoughts yes, and ideas. Yes, he does, yeah. With a big snap. Yeah, like a snap followed by a finger flourish. Yes. Like, say, that's an idea. Yeah, and if you watch his bit that I mentioned last week uh-huh. about the five stages of drinking, that's a recurring thing where he keeps on talking about how, like, oh. you do, you know, you have such and such to drink. You think to yourself... <laughs> If I get home right now, I can get four, if I so long as I get four hours sleep, I'm cool. <laughs> You're arguing against artificial turf. Uh, you think to yourself, if I can get two and a half hours sleep, I'm cool. Wow, you know, like, you know it. It's a good bit, and then it, the next thing is you're arguing for artificial turf. Oh, that's <laughs> it's very so funny. Cool. I gotta watch this later. It's a good bit. I gotta tell you, Russ. Uh, we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but uh, as many of you might remember, several weeks ago, Russ basically forced me to insert uh, a bit about punctuation by <laughs> a comedian yeah, Victor Borga. that makes Jackie Mason look like Chris Rock <laughs> named yeah. Victor Borga. And it is so funny. I couldn't believe it. It's really funny. It's so it's so like straightforward in a way. Hey, John. And, and yet hysterical. John, I'm going to make you put it in again right now. Uh, I'm not. Go back and listen. <laughs> Go back and listen. <laughs> Uh. She comes to my office, she cuts eight minutes out of my film. <laughs> Is it better? That's not the point. <laughs> That's fun. So <laughs> Lou wants to show. Oh, so Lou gets to say, he's like, oh, Jamie, let me say, show you some footage. So now she's involved in the mm-hmm. movie, which is the last thing Paul wants, probably. Mm-hmm. And when she sits down, she asks Warren, played by Stephen Wright, who has crazy hair, if he needs a haircut. And then I think we go out on like a soft or no laugh again, maybe. I don't remember. Well, yeah, because we, we show she says that. And that's a weak la- laugh. Oh, line. right. And Paul. Paul gives in the background a big over-exaggerated right. head shake to indicate, no, oh, you don't want to say you want a haircut. Which also is so weird. It's really weird. So weird. It's it's not It's, it's not, not the good. show. Not the show. Not the show. <sighs> um, so so we, yeah. cut, we cut to riffs. Boom. Paul and Ira having beers. Oh, and if this I is funny. Didn't, if I didn't write, yeah, it, but look, <laughs> if I didn't write anything down for this scene, and oh. if I were to just say to you, like, don't don't look, all right? I looked. Don't look at what, what happened. There at Riffs. What happens in the scene at Riffs? Do you have any idea? I looked a little. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. I looked at the first, the thing I bolded, which was the joke. Go ahead. But the fact that I'm saying the joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember a couple thoughts I had on this scene, but oh. no, I, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's so. It's, but the first uh, thing is a as a as a funny little joke. It's such a good joke that it made the TV guide <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> Wait, the fact that Jamie oh cut eight minutes. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's what it refers to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. This one line. Yeah. Here we go. Everyone, strap in. It's Everybody three get seconds. Ready. <laughs> I'll teach you how to use the system. It's very simple. A period sounds like this. That was a bad one. That was a much better one. A dash. An exclamation point is a vertical dash with a period underneath. See? The comma. Quotation are two commas. Or if you happen to be left-handed. Question mark is a little difficult. Finally, the colon, the two little dots, you can put them over each other, or you can put them under each other, or you can put them wherever you want to put them. 
have a short story right here in the beginning of the book. It's coming up. Page nine. Oh. Page six. In the open window there suddenly came light. Beautiful Elinor sat alone dreaming of but one thing. Two years had passed since she met Sir Henry. Wouldn't it be funny if I played the Victor Borga thing instead? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the clip. I'll teach you how to use the system. It's very simple. A period sounds like this. That was a bad one. That was a much better one. A dash. An exclamation point is a vertical dash with a period underneath. See? The comma. That was funny. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, you know what was interesting about that line? I, For whatever reason, I was like, boy, that's one line that Iris says that Selby could have said exactly... It could have been the exact same conversation. Yes. That's yeah, all. Maybe that's miss true. Selby a little. A little bit. Only because Ira wasn't being Ira either in this episode, actually. Actually, that's yeah. True. Ira... Oh, let's talk... Okay, so no one is themselves in this episode. Yeah. It's just they didn't yep. have quite a grasp yet on on the characters they were writing for that's all inexcusable well okay well they did they didn't do that bad a job because they uh i think they wrote like a lot a lot of these because <laughs> yeah, 48 of them because they're gonna win many many emmy awards yeah soon. right yeah so. these are some of the greatest writers in the history of television <laughs> and they had one clunker so <laughs> oh wait guess what they wrote what they write oh wait no never mind I, sometimes guys i get a little bad at reading imdb because you know the difference between writer story producer executive story editor blah blah, blah. You, we all know <sighs> okay <laughs> so oh sounds like yeah oh, iris says yeah a, iris says every day with jamie is an adventure look on the bright side yeah and just which, like yeah they didn't even get that part right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're I'm lucky like, you're supposed to yeah. say how lucky he is <laughs> But he's also wearing a hat and we're, mm-hmm. met, you know, and Paul's like, show me. And I was like, show me. So it's like, I guess I got a haircut, too. What little is uh-huh. left? Oh, we do another uh, Scatman widen. <laughs> Scatman reveal. <laughs> and again, I'm going to I almost want to call it the Lisa reveal. Yeah, that's true. She does turn up in these. Yeah, he does it again. He widens out and we see Lisa come in and she's headed to their table. And it feels like they're there for like a like Paul called a meeting about Jamie. <laughs> it behind does her feel back. that way. And uh, Lisa says something that I thought was funny and no one laughed when she was like, who thought I'd turn out to be the normal one? Yeah. That's funny. Dead. Nothing. Yeah. They've been as beaten down as uh, I And have they've been. been sitting through like three and a half hours of it already. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I don't know how much longer. <laughs> exactly. So Paul- they're like, I hope we don't have to watch this again. <laughs> so Paul's worried he's becoming the quote, I have to work late guy, which is the themes around the show are, are good and interesting. I yes. Think. Yes. I feel, you know, the I, the concept of being like, that's that's something you write in, you come into a writer's room with, where it's just like, Paul's afraid of becoming the I have to work late guy. Sure. Like, that's an index card. Yeah. And they're like, Maybe. how? We have to make Jamie repulsive and, and annoying. Yeah. And then they're like, and then they have a card that says like, make jokes that are funny. And they're like, nah, nah, nah I don't know where that card Ouch. goes. Let's, 
Ouch. Slam. So Ira Op- Look, man, all I'm saying is don't say that we are not a thorough show. Paul Reiser oh my gosh. brought this on himself. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's where this is coming from. <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> Ira offers to let uh, Paul's... Well, let's see. Ira offers... Oh, so Paul's like, I need help. I need help tiring her out, basically. It's like walking a dog a long time. <laughs> That's funny. So Ira offers to let Jamie make him a big lunch every day. No, the yes. dog is not the show. I said that. <laughs> it's true. The bill. Oh, and then okay. So the waitress brings the bill. Oh, even Ursula wasn't in this, which is too bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the bill is a hundred and three dollars because Paul's Lisa like, Why? brought. Yeah, Lisa bought drinks for the guys at the bar. Yeah, and they show the guys at the bar. Yeah, and the the guy at the bar in the forefront has got to be at least 50 years old. Yeah, all of them. They're like eight guys who all look like they just got, you know, got out of work at their... Uh, I don't know. What's the thing older guys work at? Uh, an old person factory. Yeah, baseball card shop. <laughs> where they manufacture old people. They are old people yeah. and they make old people. And then and Lisa, that's where these people work. Lisa asks this forest, don't look, I'm blushing, which God bless that's her. That's cute. Yeah. She's working, working hard. And that's... I think that's an like okay laugh maybe. Yeah, but they had like they they had to tack on that part. They had to tack on a joke, a nonsense joke at the end of the yeah. scene because there's nothing there. There's no punch. There's no button. Yeah. So we go to the it next one. Yeah. It's the morning, and the whole apartment's rearranged again, which is fun. And Paul can't find the coffee table, and then we hear Jamie from the other. We don't even see. Yeah, we don't even see her in this. Nope, You're she's Ru- not in this scene. Wow, Russ, this is why we need more women and writers in comedy writer rooms. You know that I'm the one who thought of this note, right? <laughs> You're the man behind the man. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm going to scare a you. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused by your note. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I mean that I, you were, just, I, we were talking about, hey, how do we do this? And I was just like, or what's wrong? And I was like, oh well, uh, well, there's not enough Jamie. And you, and you were like, yeah, we need to focus on Jamie. It's like, yeah. Oh, we got it. We cracked it. Yeah. Okay, good. And then you're like, we need more women. It's like, John, we came up with, we fixed it. Yeah. We are not women. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm confused. No, that's oh, why well. it's broke, though, because it's all guys writing it. Yeah, but. And what, of course, need... one woman. Go around this episode, but I'm assuming. Ah, uh, now I see what you're saying. A lot of the saying. Paul yes. jokes are just because everyone's if... thinking about Paul because they're guys. Yes. Okay. Same way if we a woman... try not to yes. just play Paul clips. On the podcast. I'm sure that a woman would have come up with this fix in the Genesis stages of this script and wouldn't have needed two guys to watch an episode twice and then talk about it for 45 minutes (laughs) before being like, it should focus on the woman, of course. Yeah, it was such a, you're right, it was such a breakthrough for us. (laughs) And And then for us to pat ourselves on the back as thoroughly as we did, we got it. Ugh. Yeah, the whole thing is We're like, what worst. can we do with Paul to make this episode work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jamie quit. <laughs> Jamie's alone. Jamie's useless. How does Paul feel? <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh, the, the issues of gender and politics never get old. Just ask Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. <laughs> So uh, Jamie rearranged his shoes to All Point North, yes. which I nicknamed a Feng Shui. Like I thought that would get a good one, you know, like a Feng Shui. Yeah, and why the Wu? Uh, feng Shui. Why? Why Shui? Like a shoe. Oh, oh is okay. Feng Shui better? Yes, Feng Shui is better. I thought the Wu it's... would have to be in there to recognize no. the way. No, we get we get that with Feng Shui. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Fair. Uh, oh man. Lisa comes in kind of ticked, wearing a hat, and she takes it off and she got a haircut too. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves. <laughs> yeah. why Her she... haircut is crazy. Wait, well, why did she come over? Did she say? No. She just came over to tell Paul that she got a haircut and it was crazy. I got a haircut. She left. Yeah, I don't recall why. I don't she either. Came over. I didn't. I, I wrote it down. I was like, she leaves. Why did she come over? Check out the. Hey, Paul, check out this fright wig. All right, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you know, once again, would never happen if they had iPhones. That's true. Yeah, wouldn't, uh, couldn't have had this episode work this way. <laughs> so Paul tries to confront Jamie and fails. They have this long mm-hmm. conversation about pate or something. Who cares? Yeah, why do they bring. They're, they're obsessed with pate. Yeah, I don't know why. Pate. Pate comes up way too much for this yeah, couple. Yeah, a surprising amount. You're right. It's not yeah. Frasier. No. So Paul says he has to, oh, yeah. So this is like a mo- one of those moving good, mad about you moments. Paul says he has to work late with Lou, which we know right. is a lie. You know what? Hold tight for just a second because there's a great joke that we missed. Oh. A legitimately good one. Yeah. Where Paul says, have you seen my bag? Jamie says, it's on the coffee table. And Paul says, you seen the coffee table? And that's fun because oh, we've rearranged things. that is things. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that yeah, a lot. That's very, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and then, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. As we said, then Paul says he has to work late. He's become that guy. He gets his it coat out lie. of the closet and the coffee yeah, table's in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Coffee table's in the closet. And he says, coffee table, which I got to kick yeah, out. Yeah, me too. So next scene is that night. And Jamie is taking Murray's measurements now. Yes. He's going to knit him a sweater. And he's not yeah, into stand, it. <laughs> stand still. Do you want a sweater or not? Yeah. That's a funny thing to say to a dog. <laughs> so there's a knock and <gasps> it's Lou. You busted, Paul. Oh, and he comes in just a classic Mad About You entrance full yes. of energy. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Loved your notes on the montage. Forgive me for popping in this way, but I just have to speak to your husband. Paul! Is it, is I it? just had a whale of a brainstorm. Paul! <laughs> I was in a cab on my way to visit a lady friend of mine. Nice girl, you'd like her anyway. <laughs> Suddenly, it dawns on me. Why not do an interview with the Statue of Liberty? And animated, of course. Paul! <laughs> he told me he was working late. With you. No. <laughs> uh, I love with the Statue of I Liberty. I think it's so funny that they are having him harp on the same things over and over again. Just the cats has, and Statue of Liberty animations. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's amazing. He has, he has two ideas. Yeah. It's it's like Joe Bluth. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't really swing swing city. <laughs> I don't really know this show. Ah, it's funny. Yeah. So <laughs> It's not my taste. That is true. I've watched three times. I get to episode six, maybe, and then I get a little tired. Okay. It's a lot of kook. A lot of kook for me. A lot lot of kook. You know me. I like a good sappy scene between two people, like Mad About You. That is true. By the way, we're talking about Arrested Development. Oh, they know. I'm sure they do. So the way... Oh, I love the way he also just ha- like denies the alibi. So like, it doesn't... Nothing changes his mood. He has no idea what's going on. He's swept up in his own idea. Yes. He's like, he's not working with you? No. <laughs> No. Yep. Just no. Yeah. You sure? You sure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jamie's like, I need to leave now too. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's gonna go find Paul at work. And right. uh, Lou has one more question on the way out. Say, so what does it mean when a woman keeps saying she just wants to be friends? No sex. Thought so. <laughs> I guess Gross. one of those questions he's always wanted to slip into a conversation. Gross. Gross. <laughs> 
Ugh. So we go to Buckman Studios. <laughs> Paul's watching the Three Stooges. Moe's mm-hmm. milking a very fake-looking cow. Yep. And Paul's drinking milk, and I assume eating cookies, but I couldn't see the cookie. Me neither. So it was just him drinking a lot of no, milk, which I'm like... he put something in his mouth. Oh, did he? He okay. did, but I couldn't see. It was like antimatter. What? Like, I, like I, <laughs> there was nothing visual. It was actually weird. So Paul puts a black hole into his <laughs> mouth. It was like they're gaslighting us with props. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, what if they kept the love seat the same size, but they made it a couch one week with three cushions, but it was very narrow still. Now, as narrow as a house? Yeah. <laughs> So Jamie comes in. She's upset, obviously. Apparently, Larry and... Oh, we find out Larry... So Larry and Curly were in the cow suit, and that's why it looks so Right. Fake, and that's funny. Yes. And Moe's trying to milk mm-hmm. it. Sure. And, oh, what I wrote down is... <laughs> I don't know if you'll agree with me. Is there anything cooler than a middle-aged Jewish filmmaker in a baseball cap and chambray watching the Three Stooges and drinking milk right out of the carton? Answer, no. Yeah, man. The coolest. But kind of, right? <laughs> no. Really? Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot. He's very, very cool. Yeah, it depends on whether or not he's Paul Reiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because it's just so him. It is very him. You love his confidence. That's it. That's the thing. Maybe. He's like, he is who he is. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, so, oh, so Paul tries to cover. He's like, oh, Lou went out to get coffee. Lou just went out for coffee, so I took a little break. Lou stopped by the apartment 10 minutes ago. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Man, you know, I, I can't take this guy anymore. It's, it's, it's wild. He's like this gnat, you know? He's just in my face all the time. He hovers all day here. Now he's hovering over there. I swat him away, so he goes over there. I can't live with this guy anymore. You don't live with him. You live with me. That's not what I meant. That's exactly what you meant. Why no, don't you just say it? Say what? That I'm driving you nuts. Why would I say that? Because it's true, isn't no, it's it? Not, what, you not. can't say it? Can no, you say not. the words, what? I'm driving no, you nuts? Yeah, okay, you know what? Yes, you are. You're driving me nuts. Okay, then. No, it's not okay, because you know you don't you don't realize what a nut you become nuts. You're just nuts. You're nutty. You just everything it's not nutty. You become quite the nut, my little friend. And I'll be honest, yes, you wanna know you ask me? Yes. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> well, why didn't you just say something? Because it's all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is great. This made me laugh hard. The whole meltdown, the nuts meltdown. Yes, the nuts meltdown is very, very the good. Quote, you've, be- you've become quite the nut, my little friend. Yes, Re- that is oh, very funny. Oh, it sounded like he was talking to a squirrel. <laughs> or he was the squirrel. It, I like, you know, here's something I just thought of. I like <laughs> how, it, yeah, most of the stuff I write out beforehand. <laughs> but this is off the top of my head. Where he says, you know, that whole thing about him saying you know you're nuts he's not you know other shows they would repeat they would have different words different lines in there there's a you're nuts you're going crazy you're driving me totally yes. insane yeah and it would be all of this florid language of right. different that's that's written here he just repeats you're nuts you're yeah. nuts you're driving me nuts you're nuts yeah. you are nuts and he tries and to isn't... shake it up and he can't he, like he'll leave yeah. and come right back to nuts and that's yeah you become quite the nut my little friend is Still just a variation no, on that theme. But it also comes like seventh or eighth yeah. of him just repeating the same thing again and again. It's great. Also, to me, that's that, kind of realistic because you're like, you, oh, yeah, you, it's very realistic. She set the parameters with which you can attack her. Yeah, that's true. You too. can only use yeah. her word without 
going into like dangerous territory because yes. you don't know where the yes. landmines are. Yes, I'm driving you nuts. If you say, yeah, you're right, I'm going crazy. Right. Wait, what? Exactly. Yeah. What do you mean crazy? No, totally. I said nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then him just coming, you know, her saying, why didn't you say anything? And just because it's all right. That's just like, I, I like that very much. I like the delivery of that. I like that writing. I uh, Everything. I like that joke. In case it wasn't clear, we love the show. Love the show. Can't wait to see what other episodes Eileen and uh, the other one, Andrew, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Andy put out. It's just this one, you know, didn't resonate with us the same way. It's going to be fine. There's there's hundreds of episodes. I get so nervous. You know, I don't want to I don't want people to think we hate the show. You know, I don't think they will. I think even they I think they can even tell that in this episode that we do not love that we love the show. Yeah. So Jamie's really worried about their relationship because instead of being at home, Paul's alone in an empty building with the three stooges, which yep. I think is fair and sort of fair. It's sweet and for sad. Sure. And uh, then she goes after the stooges. If it's all right, why are you down here in some empty building in the middle of the night with the three stooges? I mean, they're not even funny. I don't want to have that discussion again. <laughs> I don't want to have that Bad discussion move. now, which is great. Bad move. Bad idea. What do you think of the Three Stooges? I want to, I, because of this, when I was a kid and this and Seinfeld and everything, I really wanted to like the Three Stooges. But? Well, they're pretty boring unless you're like a rube from the, <laughs> from the yeah, 50s, I, right? I never got it either. I never, it, I never got dated. it. It's dated. Yeah. It's so stupid it's it's uh but i want to like it so much i do too and we've talked about the universality of slapstick Mm -hmm. somehow this doesn't do it and i know it's uh you know other people do uh, make the comparison but i'm like somehow i'll take the marx brothers oh slapstick and that stuff day all over the forever you know i'm like am i just equating the two because they're both black and white and incredibly influential yes great Well, I wonder. Pro- problem solved. Moving if on. If I went to the movie theater, though, for like a Three Stooges marathon, then it might be funny. Um, on a big screen where you're asked to focus all of your attention and this is what you're doing with your next hour. Maybe. That might be I don't enough. Want, I don't want to have to watch a movie with all of those Three Stooges fans. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, they're all Paul Reisers, though, basically. If only. I would love. Oh, I'd love to I mean, out watch here a movie with be. a million Paul Reisers. And out there, probably in New York. Yeah. So. Jamie is afraid that Paul doesn't like her anymore. Yeah, that, and, that he only likes you know, Jamie with a job, not Jamie without a yes, job. I had a job then. I'm a different person now. Yeah. She has not had a job for three days. Oh, this didn't bother me again. I thought this was great, actually. Ugh. You're on an island. Not me, man. Now you're on an island of hate. Probably. <laughs> I'm on an, an island of hate. <laughs> oh, you mean Long Island? <laughs> So now it becomes a romantic uh, time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paul, Paula shows Jamie the Three Stooges, and you know they, she sits down and he watches it with her, and uh, she she still doesn't get it, but she likes that he likes it, and that makes her happy. Yes, yes. Which I found that- is a great thing that girls do. <laughs> girlfriends i found for sure <laughs> at least mine like it's you know like she likes that i like a thing even if she doesn't like it yes she'll enjoy it, it is... more than i would with a thing that she liked that i didn't like well you're a monster yeah but yeah <laughs> well let me put it this way she, well ah you know this is only true marginally i'd say but I, i'd say she's a hair more likely to sit through a jackie mason album than i am to sit through like a doctor who episode sure sure i get that i think but i make myself because it's important yeah I've I've 
come to the point where, oh gosh, I know an awful lot about The Real Housewives. I love The Real Housewives. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) John, we have to have a spinoff podcast (laughs) about The Housewives. They're fascinating. I only know the the West Coast ones, though. Oh, you got to get into New Jersey, baby. Oh, they're fat. They're more interesting, but uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. uh, To quote Paul Reiser... I don't want to have that discussion now. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So we'll, we, we'll talk. We'll talk, baby. So we go to the tag, and uh, it's a fun one. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul's in bed, and uh, his alarm's going off. He turns the alarm clock off. He gets out of bed. He opens the shades, and Jamie's on the other side of the window, washing him with a squeegee like a window washer. Yeah, on a scaffold. That's right. That's she funny. got a scaffold. Russ, that's funny. I'm sure it is. It's the tag, so it could be kooky. I, I, I'm sure it can. It did not earn this kooky tag. Okay. I've had enough. i hear you i hear you we got through it i can't believe it we not only did we get through it not only did we survive we thrived yeah i feel better i feel better too i knew i would going into it i'm just like oh i don't want to do this i like i did as as, yeah (laughs) as the phone rang you calling me i was just like (laughs) yeah can't we pick up in 2018 (laughs) yeah but i knew I knew I'd feel like this by the end of it. Indeed. God bless you, John. And God bless you. Mad about you. Rise, guys. Rise, gals. Thank you so, so much for listening. This was a lot of fun to talk about against all odds. We... One man. No, wait. (laughs) Two men. (laughs) We... (laughs) We've got a Twitter account at madaboutyoupod. Hey, I've got shows every Tuesday night at the Magnet Theater. My musical improv team is called Squash. You can... Come check us out. We're a lot of fun. Magnetheater.com, 29th and 8th. It's the best. And yeah, anything going on, Johnny Boy? I don't think so. Okay. When does this air? The, the, oh, I think, you know what? I mean, who cares? I got like one tiny scene, but I care. I the, think the Rise the Guys and Gals Disjointed. Care. I think Disjointed will be out by then. The new Kathy Bates marijuana sitcom on Netflix. Uh, how cool. Well, I, 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 don't got, know about I don't have a scene with her, but it is Still. cool. It's fun. It was a fun little bit. It's a funny little bit. This is great. I'm so very check excited. check that out, I guess. I think it'll be out. I think it comes out at the great. end of August and along with this. Yeah. This will be right around that time. Great. Yeah. Great, great, great. Love it. We uh, we thank you in advance or after the fact for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Yeah. We love it. Thank you. We love reading the comments. It makes us so happy. It's the best. You guys are the best. We are very fortunate and lucky and happy to have you. Spread the word. Spread the love. Why not? Yeah. Tell everyone about the show, please. Every single person. Everyone you, everyone you think might like it. <laughs> <laughs> Do me a favor. Go out there, do some research, get a focus group going. Yeah. Figure out how to effectively market it in your community. <laughs> We've got to spread the That's word. That's all we Start, ask. Yeah. Think globally, act locally, everybody. <laughs> yeah, $5 to the ACLU, $5 to play a parent, $5 to figure out how to grow our audience organically. <laughs> Our theme music is wonderful. It is by John D. Ivy. Thank you, John. Our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie at Nathan D. I. F. F. E. E. Thank you, Nathan. And John. Our mix is by our sound mixing is done by Vukjevanovic. Thank you. Wonderful. John, huh. this was fun. It was. It really was. Rise, guys and rise, gals. Thank you again. We will speak to you very, very soon. I am Russ Fader. And I am John Marbley. And, and this, this is, is what, what we're, we're saying. saying.